0: You're listening to Inside Lebo, a podcast giving you an inside look at Mount Lebanon, Pennsylvania, hosted by Assistant Municipal Manager and Municipal Planner Ian McMeans
1: and Assistant Public Information Officer and Online Editor Stephanie Hackey. Welcome back to Inside Lebo. I'm your host, Assistant Municipal Manager and Municipal Planner Ian McMeans.
0: And I'm co-host, assistant public information officer and online editor, Stephanie Hackey.
1: Welcome back, Stephanie.
0: Thank you. I was off for about three months having a little baby. So she's three months now and growing and strong and happy and full of personality, let me tell you. <laughs>
1: That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Babies are wonderful. They Enjoy are. it.
0: Thank you. Nice.
1: So today, Stephanie and I are going to discuss development projects, so one of my roles here in the municipality is municipal planner, um, so any new development projects come through my office for approval, um, so I'm going to hand over the hosting reins to Stephanie, and I will just answer questions today.
0: Yes, I'll be interviewing you. This is great. I love it. Um, so tell us about development in Mount Lebanon, first of all. you know, Is, it, is there a lot of development? What's going on with that?
1: We usually see a handful of projects every year ranging anywhere from uh, some kind of new construction to um, smaller sort of subdivision lot consolidation projects where people are just like moving a lot line or combining two lots together things like that Um, really anything larger than building a single family home needs to come through the planning office for approval Um, and there's a public process that we go through of multiple public meetings uh, multiple votes on projects Um, so there's plenty of opportunity for residents to be informed as well
0: that's awesome so it's not just a building starting and then being done and the residents aren't involved it's all there's a, a place for them at every step of the way.
1: Um, so
0: so how, do, how does development work? How do, What's the process?
1: Yes, so uh, generally speaking, um, projects need a preliminary approval and a final approval. Okay. Um, so in other communities, their planning board or planning commission is only a recommending body. Whereas in Mount Lebanon, uh, our planning board actually has powers of preliminary approval on projects. So we shorten the process a little bit. Um, so. In theory, the shortest possible process would be a development project comes to the planning board, Uh, the board reviews it for compliance with our zoning code, Uh, we do a full engineer's review, staff review, all that as well as part of that, and then the planning board votes to grant preliminary approval, and then the project would come back to the planning board at a subsequent meeting um, for a recommendation for final approval, and then go on to our Commissioners are five elected officials for the actual vote on final approval. Um, in other communities where the planning board's only a recommending body, it has to go planning to the Commission back to planning, back to the commission. So there's four steps in the process. We just shorten it a little bit because our planning board has that preliminary approval power. Um, but all of those meetings for us are open public meetings. The public can come and comment. The public can hear the developers' presentations. Um, and we've been trying to take steps to put more information on our website as well um, about development projects that are happening in the community so that people can go online and find out information about what's being proposed. Um, and, and for the most part, you know, I'll say that we do tend to get good uh, resident turnout at our planning board meetings. Um, the planning board meets once a month on the third Tuesday uh, at seven o'clock in the municipal building. And um, you know the agendas are posted online beforehand. Um, we are somewhat at the whims of when people submit documents. So we can't okay. force anyone to submit a plan for a project. Um, but at the same time, when someone submits legally, we have Uh, deadlines based on the Pennsylvania Municipality's planning code that says you know they are entitled to a public hearing within so many days of submitting so I know we've gotten some questions of why is this project appearing before the Planning Board now and it's like well they submitted so they're entitled to a hearing and then um, the Planning Board doesn't necessarily have to grant them the approval they can table the project we've had that happen quite a bit where we get an initial submission there's a whole bunch of engineering comments that the developer has to address Um, so the Planning Board will table it say okay you know, We're not going to vote yes, we're not going to vote no, we're going to give you some time to go back, fix these engineering comments, and then bring the revisions back to us at a future meeting, uh, and then we'll consider them and vote at a, at a future meeting. So, so,
0: if I'm a developer, mm-hmm. and I have a plan, I have a, a project that I want to start, what's the first step? Where do I go? Yep. I, I bring it here, I, I say, hey, here's my idea, or do I bring it once it's already Started and designed and everything like that. When do they start? When do they come to you? Yeah.
1: So the the very first step is uh, every Wednesday morning we have what we call our land use group meetings, um, which is an internal staff group of myself as the municipal planner, um, our planning and sustainability coordinator Greg Wharton, Keith McGill, our municipal manager, Rodney Sarver, our chief building inspector, and Dan Diesroth, our municipal engineer. Um, and we meet every Wednesday morning, and those meetings are open to developers uh, or people just interested in doing any kind of projects to come in and talk about their ideas with us um, as kind of a pre development conference and so they can come in before they actually submit anything formally it doesn't cost anything for folks to come in and just talk with us and get some initial feedback on okay here's your idea and this may work this may not work this is the sections of the zoning code you have to watch out for Um, you know these are as a sort of initial cursory review of the project, um, we obviously don't have any power to grant any kind of approvals to people, but we can say, you know, here's some things to be cognizant of as you're working through your development plans before you submit something formally. And I think that developers like that um, step in the process because then they have a chance to get some eyes on it and have some review from the people who know what the zoning code says. so that then they can you know submit better plans when they actually submit because the people we've seen that have just turned in plans to us and haven't met with us beforehand they usually wind up with a lot of comments and things get tabled they have to go back and address them rather than if they'd come in and met with us first we could have identified a whole bunch of things just by looking at them quickly to say hey here's all the things you need to watch out for before you submit formally.
0: What are things that you're looking at, what are you looking for, um, you know, in those plans?
1: Yeah, so a lot of it is, um, you know, our zoning code uh, is very, very comprehensive on everything related to how things should get built in Mount Lebanon, Um, and it is kind of the document that preserves the nature and character of our community. And you know, that is very important to us in the planning office that we feel like you know, it's somewhat incumbent on us to make sure that the the look and feel of Mount Lebanon is maintained as the look and feel of Mount Lebanon. Um, so there's everything from, you know, how far from the, f- the street a building has to be set back, how tall buildings are allowed to be in different areas of the community, what Uh, Use types are allowed in different areas. We have some areas that only single-family homes are allowed versus some areas where um, You can do multi-story apartment buildings or commercial buildings or things like that so we do have restrictions on uses in certain areas of the community Um, and then there are parking requirements that we look at depending on the type of use uh, dictates how much parking you might need Um, building heights building setbacks both from front yards side yards rear yards um, all that kind of stuff that we look at to make sure that what's being proposed sort of fits within um, the the standard of of mount lebanon and you know there are i'll say some general guidelines that things can fit within, what we don't dictate is architectural style. So, um, you know, I know some people have come to meetings and say, well, this looks horrible. How could you allow this? But, um, you know, the the architectural style is up to the developer that proposes the project. Um, We do have guidelines on for commercial buildings, you have to have um, a certain percentage of open window space on your first floor and things like that. Um, But, you know, the the type of roof that you have or the slope of the roof or things like that, um, we don't necessarily dictate that or even building materials. Obviously, we have a lot of brick and stone throughout the community, but um, that's not dictated in the zoning code that it has to be all brick or all stone or anything.
0: It's like more that. like the setbacks, mm-hmm. the, the traffic, yes. things of that nature that you're looking at then.
1: Yes. Yep. Absolutely.
0: Well, let's take a break. And sure. when we come back, we'll continue discussing development in Mount Lebanon. Sounds good. <laughs> welcome back to Inside Lebo. I'm Stephanie Hackey and I'm here with Ian McMeans, our municipal planner who is taking the role of um, answering questions today instead of the host for the show. Um, So we were just talking about development and you were telling me about how, you know, the zoning code, what the requirements are in there. Now, who is the person that that takes the zoning code and takes the project and says, hey, do these match and line up?
1: So that's Uh, myself and uh, Greg Wharton in our planning office, along with our municipal engineers. When uh, we get that formal submission of development plans, we'll take them and review them against the zoning code to make sure that everything they're proposing uh, matches what's in the the zoning ordinance. And if something doesn't match, then uh, the process for them is actually to go to the zoning hearing board, which is a separate board that the municipality has. Um, Rodney Sarver, our building inspector, is the staff liaison for that. and they have to request a variance um, which is basically you know if something in their plan doesn't comply with the zoning code they have to get um, approval from the zoning hearing board to get a variance to have something built that doesn't comply um, and the zoning hearing board sees all different kinds of variance requests some of them don't I'm even sure. come through the planning office um, some of what they see is you know i'm on a my air conditioner in on the side of my house and you know my house is five feet from the property line and it, you know i need to extend into that side yard right. setback things like that things like that don't come through planning um, but for larger development projects we have seen a few things that if something doesn't fit with our ordinances we either have to turn it down or the developer has to go get a variance um, or the developer has to amend their plans to fit what our standards in our code say
0: so once you review all of that where does it go from there
1: Uh, It goes to the planning board for an initial vote, um, and then it's a vote on a preliminary approval. The planning board can either grant preliminary approval, table the project, or deny preliminary approval. There is, by Pennsylvania state law, a fairly high standard to meet to actually deny preliminary approval. To do that, you need to basically be able to say this plan doesn't comply with a certain section of our zoning ordinance or subdivision ordinance. Um, You you have to be able to point to specific things within the code that the plan doesn't meet. Um, Typically, what happens is if there's things that are mostly engineering comments, things that need more detail on a lot of times we see you know storm sewer systems that are being put in um, storm water management retaining wall designs things like that that we just need additional engineering information on to review to make sure that you know what's being installed is going to be installed at the capacity it needs to be in in a safe manner Um, typically in those cases the planning board will table the project let the developer um, you know supply the additional information for a follow-up meeting and then uh, once they get all the information they need then the planning board will vote to grant preliminary approval um, you know and then the project comes back to another planning board meeting after that for a recommendation for final approval and then it goes on to the Commission uh, for the actual final approval on the project and then when a project is granted final approval um, we also do a development agreement between the municipality and the developer and as part of that the municipality um, retains some money from the developer usually either in a bond or a letter of credit um, so that we hold on to some of the developers money to ensure that if the developer Walks away. Any um, public improvements that were proposed, we have the ability to remedy at no cost to the taxpayers. Um, oh, that's so great. Yeah. For example, we are still holding quite a bit of money from the Zamias project at the corner of Bower Hill and Washington. Okay. Um, and I know that's one that gets brought up quite often. Yep. Like, What's going on there? What you know? And to go back to something I said earlier, we can't force them to submit a plan right. for the site. We have. You know monthly contact with them I, I reach out to them monthly to be like hey you know is there anything you want to meet with us to talk about do you want to submit something for us to review um but we we're still holding quite a bit of their money in reserve so that's kind of the um the stick that we have as opposed to the carrot you know we try and offer things right but the the stick is that we hold their money until they complete the project or um you know, file paperwork to walk away from it altogether. So um, so we are holding money for them and a handful of other development projects throughout the community. And we do that because, uh, you know, if a project starts and let's say they're, you know, putting in new sewer lines, putting in new sidewalks, things like that, Let's say the developer goes bankrupt and walks away, then we have some money in the bank that we can then use to fix the sidewalks, fix the sewer line, do the public improvements. We won't build the project, but we'll at least fix the public improvements so it's still a usable public street. So we're not out of
0: money whenever they're, if they walk away from a project. Right, right.
1: There's, There's no liability on the part of the municipality there. We're using the developer's money to do it
0: in terms of projects then what what is underway right now what's going on what kind of development do we have yeah
1: um, so on the commercial side um, the FNB Bank project on Cochrane Road is under construction right now also under construction is the Castlegate green residential development project um, that's up at the corner of Midland and Dorchester um, sort of across the street from Keystone Oaks High School, more or less, next to Seton LaSalle up there off of McNeely. Um, It abuts Dormont and the city of Pittsburgh up there. Um, That's an interesting little project. There's 51 housing units there. It's an Agrihood. Um, style development that they're going to have community garden space and a lot of green space within the development and the 51 units up there are kind of mixed between townhouses small garden apartment buildings they're going to have an on-site management office so they can have um, they're all rental units so they're going to have on-site management all the time to do property maintenance and all that stuff Um, and then also working its way through the process um, a plan for five duplexes on Pennsylvania Boulevard so 10 total dwelling units um got a recommendation for final approval from the planning board and should be coming to the commission um, sometime relatively soon and that project is on basically the dead end portion of pennsylvania boulevard next to the Poplar T station stop Um, so as part of that the developer actually has to improve the roadway up to municipal standards um, as well as building their development so the other three property owners on that street are now going to have instead of a uh, Dirt and gravel roadway, a roadway that's up to municipal standards uh, that the oh, developer nice. has to put in. Yes.
0: So sometimes this, this can actually improve the community and the neighborhood as well.
1: Yes, absolutely. That's yeah.
0: awesome. And how about in residential? Do we have anything there or?
1: Um, there's a, a handful of single family homes that are going in, but on the you know larger than that, the five duplexes on Pennsylvania Boulevard, the Castlegate yeah. Green stuff, um, that's, that's mostly it um, on the bigger scale. Um, I know there's a couple other places throughout the community I don't want to give too much away because nothing (laughs) formal has been submitted yet Um, but I know there's a couple other developers that are looking at um, some other residential projects throughout the community that hopefully they will submit relatively soon Um, you know I've met with a few people, a few times, that have some ideas, but that's one of those things where I can't make them submit something. Right. So it's like, when you submit, we'll review it, um, right. and then we'll we'll go from there. And once something is submitted to us, um, that's also when we start putting public notification out. So um, when they're going to be on the planning board agenda for a project, um, we will send notification letters and a copy of the planning board agenda to folks within a 500 foot radius um, of the development site. So that's kind of how people get notified about it. You can also just check the website and check the planning board agendas. Um, but we do send notifications by mail um, to the, the addresses around. So a
0: big building isn't things. just going to pop up right next to you without you knowing. You're going to absolutely know if something's happening, and something's coming to your neighborhood then.
1: Yes, yes.
0: That's awesome. Yep.
1: And that, you know, a lot of times we hear at the, like the very first public meeting on things, people say like, well, why didn't we know about this sooner? And it's like, well, we send out, you know, when they formally submit right. documents is right. when we send out notification letters. Um,
0: so basically yeah. it's all talk until they actually submit that formal document and yes. there's really nothing you can do until mm-hmm. they submit that formal document. Is
1: yes. That correct. Yes. That's okay. correct. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And once they submit things formally, those are, um, available for public viewing. So yeah. if people want to come in and review development plans, um, they can just contact, uh, my office and we can, you know, set them up on a table, they can come in and look at them, uh, you can't take them with you because they're our public viewing copy that we have, but you know, people can come in and look and see what's uh, on the slate to be proposed as well during our normal business hours.
0: That's awesome. That's pretty cool. You get to know about things that are possibly coming to the neighborhood way before it actually happens then. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yes. Um, Is there anything else you want our residents to know about
1: this? Um, I'd say, you know, the perception of Mount Lebanon is that we are a mostly built out community, which is pretty true. Um, But I think the fact that we still have interest from developers in building things here, whether it be, you know, small residential projects that are duplexes, townhouses, things like that, up to, you know, St. Clair Hospital putting a, you know, $100 million plus addition onto their facility really speaks to the quality of our community and that, people want to make investments here because they like mount lebanon and want to be in mount lebanon it's the challenge is usually just finding a location uh, that works for them um, because being a mostly built out community a lot of our remaining open locations are topographically challenged a little bit and require some additional, um, you know, engineering and site work to be able to build on. So, um, there are some challenges to build here, but I think it's always encouraging to see the continued investment that outside developers want to make in our community.
0: Absolutely. And one more thing, okay. the time frame. how long does it take to get through this whole process? Is there a, a time on that?
1: Um, so there's not a time limit. Um, okay. but, you know, generally speaking, at a minimum, it's usually three to four months. Okay, but typically, it takes longer than that, um, just because they have to go through at least two planning board meetings, assuming they don't get tabled. Um, So that's a two months right there, plus a commission meeting after that um, is another month. So you know, three to four months at the shortest, but typically, we see, you know, six to eight months, because usually, when a uh, developer gets their, you know, comment letter back with all the engineers' comments. It takes them a month or two to make all those changes to their plans, and then resubmit, and we have to review and all that. So, um, you, know, you know, usually I'd say a six to eight month process, but the the shortest possible is like three to four months.
0: And that's from when they submit the document, not from when they're just starting to think about it and all Correct. of that. I'm sure yes. we've all seen projects that have been years in the works, and <laughs> we're we're all waiting for it. What's going to happen there? But it really doesn't start, the timeframe doesn't start until they submit that document then.
1: Yeah, that's correct yeah. And, and really I should also add that that's just for planning approval after they get their final approval and after they um, you know, give us their bond or letter of credit and developer's agreement and all that stuff. Then they have to go through the building inspection office for their review against the building codes and oh, wow. get their building permits. So that usually takes another month or so um, to get their building permits to actually be able to begin construction. So um, you know that adds some time from you know when we approve it on the planning side until when they actually get their building permits to start construction.
0: And then construction takes another however many <laughs> years. So <laughs> um, thank you so much for sharing all of. This. That was very insightful. I really, I learned a lot myself. Um, and that's it for this edition of Inside Lebo, produced by Carrie Manyo, with music by Drew Magno and graphics by Chris Leeper.
1: Thanks everyone for tuning in.
0: Thank you. Thanks for listening to Inside Lebo, produced by Mount Lebanon's Public Information Office. Learn more about all things Lebo at mountlebanon.org or by following our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages.